Hey guys, this is Rick coming at you with Weed to No Basis, the podcast for all things cannabis business related. Are you an entrepreneur? Have something you wanted to create, something you wanted to bring to life in the cannabis industry? Maybe you've always wanted to partake in one of the biggest industries in modern day history. This is the podcast to listen to. Welcome back to Weed to No Basis. And as you can tell, we're here uh, in Hemp HQ or Hemp Q. And as usual, and I'm repetitive, if you're watching this or listening to this on your iTunes or iPods or wherever on your drive to Nirvana, remember, if you're listening or watching Weed to No Basis, because you too are on a Weed to No Basis. And today, we, it's one of the cool, cool shows because, well, they're all cool. They're all cool. But this one is because we're, we're here live at HempQ, and we've got Caleb here. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Caleb here, and then he's going to kind of take the proverbial mic. And we're going to have a conversation because his story and his journey into uh, the hemp industry, it's, um, it's worth sharing. And remember, t- take notes, get your pens out, not if you're driving. And if you have comments at the end, at the end of this, make sure to leave the comments um, in the boxes below, and we're happy to respond to them. We're here to help you grow and flourish as a cannabis entrepreneur. Caleb, welcome to San Antonio, Texas. Hey, it's good to be here. Nice. And you, so your home now is in Austin, Texas, right? Currently, but we, we are about to move to Wimberley, so pretty soon you're in like two weeks. Nice. And Wimberley, for those for those folks who aren't who aren't from Texas or even Central Texas, so Austin is pretty much right in the center. Wimberley is about how far outside of Austin? Uh, it's about, well, with no traffic, it's about 20, 30 minutes southwest of Austin. Nice. And you're a family guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a you know, wife and three kids. Nice. How old are the kids? So kids are seven, five, and three. Seven, five. You're busy. Yes, busy man. You're a busy man. Your wife's even busier. You're a busy man. <laughs> busy. Any plan for more kids? No, no, we're done. No? Yeah, <laughs> done. You, you, are you done, done? Done, or you done. Hope you're done. No, we are done. Okay, all right. We won't go into the into the, the medical questions <laughs> surrounding no details like you're there. done. Yeah, no details. So very cool. Yeah. So we've known each other for give or take maybe about a yearish, maybe yeah. a little more. And the beautiful thing is we kind of came um, together, if you will. The friendship kind of has grown mm-hmm. um, because of of cannabis, because yeah. of, of this plant. But really, I, I want to kind of wind back a little bit because you have an interesting past. Uh, as you've been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, about the company that you started and, and really, my words, not yours, cut mm-hmm. your entrepreneurial chops from. Okay, yeah, so um, so the company I started was, um, you've probably heard of it, it's called Bearded Brothers, so it's an energy bar company um, based out of Austin, Texas. It's still up and running today. And so, you know, so my brother-in-law and I, we ran that for seven years. And so after like that seven years, we were just kind of coming to the point in the business that's like, okay, it's like it's getting really hard to keep this going, just like, you know, raise, having to raise capital or take on more debt, and like our lease was up on our building. It's like, okay, we're at a perfect opportunity right here. We can either shut this thing down or walk away. We can raise more capital, but the craziest thing happened, like we had an acquisition opportunity um, just come out of the blue, and it was just it's a huge blessing to us. So like we we took that acquisition opportunity. We sold the company. We turned the reins over to. It's actually, so my business partner and I were brother-in-laws. So the guys that took it over are also brother-in-laws. So, and, and they remain the new bearded brothers. They both have beards too. So we got so new guys took over the company, and during that process of you know selling that company, it was just an extremely stressful time for me. Um, I was also struggling with some running injuries, and that's how I got introduced into CBD. Um, so. I mean, the original product I had was not my own, um, but you know, it was working for me. That's like, man, this stuff is awesome. Um, and that's how I got introduced into CBD. And during the whole exit process, it's like I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do next. 
and I was a, such a firm believer in CBD and what it could do. It's like, man, this, this is going to be the next thing for me. And what really spurred me on to, um, you know, getting into and making that my next business was the fact there was this kind of a lot of shysters out there, a lot of misinformation about CBD. And I wanted to be one of the guys who came in, just gave true um, information, kind of cleared up all this, um, um, just all the muck in the industry. And so that's what really um, made me want to get into the industry and be a part of it. Nice. And I don't know if that picked up, but there's a there's a news flash on my iPad. <laughs> Just as Caleb put the it. put the penultimate statement, <laughs> clear the muck in the industry. The little news flash Beep. comes across my screen here. So I don't know if the sound picked up, but it was actually pretty good timing. So um, interesting. And and I think some things to take note, especially for the young or nascent entrepreneur. And I mean young in terms of either literally your age or even the stage you are in your cannabis startup or or growth is the fact that you have been doing it for seven years and there, there came a point where it's just like you had to make a decision. Maybe you hit a ceiling, perhaps like you said, you was time to raise capital or just close the doors, close shop. Why is that? Was there just a general kind of fatigue and like where, because I'm a believer that, um, for, especially for entrepreneurs, that there is a time in any of any of our growth where we're just, you, we honestly, we, we get CEO fatigue. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And I think, and for me personally, that's, that's a huge part of it. It was a lot of fatigue from just you know running this business for seven years and just not being able to get it over like the next hurdle. It's like we needed we needed we needed help doing that. Um, and when this opportunity came along, it's like it was the perfect opportunities because the new owners had capital to put behind it. They had some management experience in in other industries, and it's like these guys could really take this business to the pot I couldn't get it to. Um, and so just being at a point where I was just fatigued and you know my partner and I we were just kind of just really tired um, of just you know just running for so long and then when we had that opportunity come before us we just thought it was the perfect opportunity to go ahead and exit and turn the reins over to the company to somebody else and let them continue to grow it. Nice love it you know what I, I can't help but hear that um you know, you just said that you and your partner have been running for so long. Mm -hmm. You said you know, a minute ago that the new Bearded Brothers or Bearded Brothers V2 mm -hmm. were now in charge of running the company. And the truth is you're also a runner. Yeah. Like you yep. are, and I don't know if there's, if that's just part of your vernacular now, but it's interesting because you're a runner, but not just a runner, like you get up in the morning and do a little jaunt around the block. You, you run. Yep. <laughs> like how, like um, is ultra runner a fair way to describe the yep. kind of thing? Yep. Ultra runner. Perfect. Perfect. Ultra runner, trail runner, ultra marathoner, you know, there's a lot of different terminology for it. Yeah. But yeah, I got into that years ago when I started in during Bearded Brothers. We started sponsoring these trail races through um, a race company called Tails Trails. When I started sponsoring, it was just random. This one guy used to come in our kitchen. He's actually Hint Daddy's customer now. But he used to come in our kitchen and like and just talk shop with us. He said, well, you need to sponsor these trail races. Oh, what's this trail racing thing? Um, I'd kind of known what it was because I read the you know book Born to Run. I started trying to barefoot run and all that stuff. But once I started sponsoring the races, their race director, the race director said, "Hey, I'll give you free coaching and let you enter a race." I was like, "Well, shoot. Well, how about this fifty miler?" So just 50, have, having five zero, not one five, fifty miles. Fifty miles, and I'd never run more than half a marathon before that. And so I'm going from half marathon to fifty miler on one of like the hardest terrains you can find in Texas, and like, and I was hooked, like. I mean, I was hooked, but at the same time, after I did that first race, I was like, I'm done. But literally, like a week later, I'm like, hmm, what race can I sign up for next? And that, and that just started the journey of just getting into ultra running. Since then, I've done 100-mile races. I've, I've succeeded at one. I've failed at another. I've done a few 100K races, and it's just 
something I just really enjoy doing. Nice. So you've done so you've done the granddaddies. You've done a hundred mile mm -hmm. um, race. Um, there's there is Leadville. You ever done Leadville? I've not done the whole race. I've paced one of my friends in Leadville, so I've run about a quarter of that race. <laughs> gotcha. So you've done a hundred mile races. Mm -hmm. You've done a hundred k, which is about sixty two miles. miles yeah. You've done fifty k's, fifty mm -hmm. milers. Uh, you've done so basically you've there's not much you haven't run yet <laughs> well, well people are getting crazy people are doing these 200 mile races now so it's like oh my gosh i don't want to touch this yeah yet yet today <laughs> i say that i said that today. about ultras but <laughs> yeah ne never say never you know as funny as entrepreneurs is is uh our that spirit if you will mm -hmm. what call it competitiveness call it the drive it, it translates not just to business, but to like life. Yeah. You know, we, we want more. And so I can relate to the extent that, um, even though I don't look like it, um, I've, I've been a runner. I don't run much now because I've had so many knee surgeries, but I've, I totally feel you. Um, I've done mar full marathons. I've done an Ironman. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I used to run daily five K's, 10 K's just to clear my head. So I can certainly understand. And the interesting thing is that uh, not just runners, but athletes in general, especially ones that uh, really, let's just say, kind of punish their body. Because 100 miles, doesn't matter how good of a shape you're in, your body is going through some rigorous yep. breakdown. And so CBD, tell me how, now tell me a little bit about Hemp mm -hmm. Daddies. And, uh, and then is this the audience that you really kind of, is this your avatar, the audience that you speak to? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, that's very accurate. So you know, my target audience is like the ultra marathoner. It's like, you know, CBD, it's, it's for everyone. Anyone can benefit from CBD. But, you know, when... Oh, I have it over there. Should, should I grab it? Go, go grab it, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll get it for you. Yeah, okay. I'm just curious, folks, because yeah. he's... He, yeah, and he I got... Came, he, travel, he travels with CBD and like, like every good, every good uh, consumer should. So, so, this is, so this is the bottle. This is a big bottle. Yeah, that, that's our big 60 milliliter bottle. So we have a 30 milliliter and a 60 milliliter. And so that's our advanced strength so if you buy in the smaller one it's 900 milligrams per bottle but this one's 1800 milligram bottle and so 18 milligram 1800 milligrams of cbd in that bottle and we have a transdermal cream as well which is really popular with our athletes because it's it's a rub so you can rub it in you know you know like i had some neck tension i'll rub a little bit on here you know like like i was doing some weights yesterday i've not done weights in years and like i pulled a muscle in my neck doing squats somehow imagine that but, you know, yeah, yeah, rub some of this. It's funny. It's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, is this really going to work? And I rub it on. And sure enough, like that pain just kind of dissipates. Um, and so for runners, the way it's beneficial, it can really help um, speed up recovery times. So it really helps reduce the inflammation. But at the same time, it's not like an ibuprofen where it's like prohibiting that inflammation from occurring. So you still get the healing benefits of having inflammation, but it helps kind of accelerate the process. And also just helps with pain. So for me, I got into it because I had chronic Achilles tendinitis. I still have it. Um, it has not completely healed. But with it, I feel like with the help of CBD, it's cut down on the inflammation some. It's cut down on the pain. So I'm able to still get out there and do my long runs and things like that. And it, so it's essentially, it's active recovery. I'm still able to do the things I love and, you know, and still see some healing. So I've probably got about 50% healing from it from an injury that's just been long-lasting. And so that's what sold me on this, was just getting relief from that Achilles tendonitis. And I have some bursitis in the shoulder from a car accident years ago. And those are the things that really sold me on um, CBD and going after that ultra runner audience because we all struggle with the same things because we're putting in so many miles. Um, and a lot of these guys will go out, they'll hammer out like a 35 mile run on the weekend and they're out for a week because they got to recover and it takes them a week to recover. 
but you know, guys that are taking CBD are recovering much faster. And you girls, know? girls too, right? Yeah, yeah. I say, I say, guys in general. <laughs> Got to take care of women. Yeah, yeah. and I know that. Yeah. I know, I know that, guys. I just want to make sure because um, <laughs> there's um. Um, but here, here's here's what I, here's what I really want to get to. So you you bearded brothers, a traditional energy bar, right? It was just a it was just a, a yep. again, nut based raw right. vegan organic. You know. So you there was this fatigue, and you you were a runner. You were a runner. Mm -hmm. So at what point did CBD? Uh, at what point did it become an option for you? Like was there a moment where you where somebody said, hey, you should try mm -hmm. this, or did you see something, or did you hear about it? Like what was that moment where suddenly CBD was in your consciousness. Right. So my business partner, he, he'd heard about CBD for years. He, he's been a big advocate of you know, medical marijuana. And so he was even encouraging us to try to put CBD products in the bars. I was skeptical at the time. I was gotcha. like, oh. and not skeptical that it wouldn't work, but I was more like, how are we gonna make this work? Like legally in our state and things like that. So we kind of distanced ourselves from it. Um, so I was always aware of CBD, that it had great benefits, you know, something I was interested in. But for some reason, I just never pulled the trigger and tried it. And, and it took, you know, one of my wife's friends seeing me, I don't know if I was talking about it on Facebook or what it was, but like somebody just suggested, well, have you tried CBD? I'm like, well, shit, I've been hearing about this stuff for so long. Like maybe it's about time I go ahead and try it. So that's what led me to buy my first bottle. So I bought my first bottle of CBD and like, and the first thing I noticed was better sleep. And I already sleep pretty well. And like, and my wife, she's the one, she usually takes like 20 minutes to fall asleep. I mean, she was falling asleep faster. She's like, this stuff is great. And so, you know, just gradually up my dose and started, the first thing I noticed, so I have a morning meditation practice. And like, so I'll kind of just do a little body scan and feel how everything's feeling. And the first thing I noticed was this bursitis in my shoulder. Like the pain like levels, you know, it was never that high. It was probably more like a, like a five. It's dropping down to like a three, you know, two. And it's like, wow, that pain is barely there anymore. And so just seeing improvements there, then started seeing improvements in the pain levels drop with Achilles tendonitis. And it's like, Man, this stuff is amazing. Gotcha. You know what I love, Caleb, is that um, is that you you initially were, it was on your it was on your radar, if you will. Uh, one can even say back in you were you were potentially one of the OGs because you had talked about it. It sounds like with your bar company mm -hmm. way back when, yep. when this was barely hitting the radar consciousness oh, yeah. of a lot of folks. So interesting stuff. So you heard about it, heard about it, heard about it, and finally it's like, okay, I need to kind of at least explore it. Mm -hmm. And when you did, it, you have noticed um, maybe an immediate kind of impact. Yeah. And so then at what point did you decide, I want to make a business out of this? So that, that all came during like the transition of selling the company. Gotcha. So it's like, okay, I'm selling this company. It's like, what am I going to next? Like, I'm not going to go work for somebody else. I'm an entrepreneur. I've worked for myself for seven years. Like, I can't go get a traditional job. Like, I even sat down and talked to some of like the staffing agencies in the food industry to see about possibly getting on with another startup. Then as I sat down, I'm like, I can't even write a resume. <laughs> I just, I couldn't even pull myself to write a resume. Cause they told me like, well, we're gonna need a resume. I'm like, I haven't like written what? a resume yeah. in like, seven what? years. I'm like, so I was like, and so, and I was on the fence at that time. I was like already kind of starting to work on Hemp Daddies. It's like, okay, I gotta have something else. I think it's gonna be this, but also gotta have this option B in case this doesn't work out. And so I was kind of had one foot in finding a traditional job, one foot in starting Hemp Daddies. And so just not knowing for sure if Hemp Daddies was gonna take off, not sure if I was gonna have to get a job. So it kind of had the foot in both places. But then at the end of the day, I was just like, I just can't see myself working for someone else. I can't write a resume. So it's like, I just went all in on Hemp Daddies. Gotcha. 
Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna so I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know, as a, I've been unemployed and unemployable for about mm-hmm. 20 years now, so I totally get that. Mm-hmm. The whole resume thing, it's like Rezo, Rezo, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I get it. And so let me, let me go a little bit further back because here's, here's the interesting thing about right now in this industry is the barrier to entry is relatively low. It's mm-hmm. super easy to get super in. Low. It's the sustainability and growth at that the challenge comes mm-hmm. in. In other words, anybody can start. You know, the art of the start is open to everybody in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the continued growth, sustainability, vision, all those things. So let me ask you before Bearded Brothers, like before you started that, um, what were you doing? And then what drove the transition into your first mm-hmm. entrepreneurial venture? Oh, man. <laughs> it's funny. I was <laughs> going just, back in time. <laughs> so I was actually, I wrote an email to my customers kind of along these lines this morning. So I was talking about, you know, one of our core values is family. And so in being able to take care of family. So this is even before I kind of had a family. So back then it was more like, you know, my personal time wanting time to do things, wanting to take time off of work, wanting to um, be, able to just be able to take off to go to the doctor and oil change. It was always so difficult because you had to like fill out this time off request, put this in, and like, and just, I was always having this glass ceiling of just like, I can never get above this at this job. Um, and I think, so my jobs prior to Bearded Brothers were in marketing. One was with like the city of Denton, another with like the YMCA in Dallas, and like, and just seeing these glass ceilings and like seeing these shifts in personnel happen that would even like lower that ceiling at some point. So it's like, okay, great, what am I gonna do here? And so, and I've always kind of been an entrepreneur at heart. I've always kind of had side businesses. I was a photographer on the side. We kind of just mentioned that earlier before we started. So I had a photography job. I was doing a lot of photography. And so I was always entrepreneurial in spirit, but there was, I was always as hesitant to make that leap. And then after being at like the YMCA for a couple of years, I got engaged to my now wife, Christy, and she was living in Austin. And I was like, hey, perfect opportunities. I'm quitting my job and I'm moving to Austin. And that's exactly what I did. It's like, you know, I was like, hey, I have tons of connections down there. I can ramp up my photography business. So I get down to Austin, like none of my leads are panning out. It's like I knew people at the Austin American Statesman. I knew freelancers and like just was not getting any work in photography. I was having a hard time getting graphic design projects. So it's like in this energy bar company idea has been in the back of my head for about a year. And so since I had no other job, my wife had income. So it's like, well, can we love on your income for a while while I start up this business? And so and that's exactly what we did. We just like, you know, because of um, just my disdain for working for other people, kind of like that whole, just not being able to take time off to like take care of your family and do the things you need to do. Um, and just wanting to work for myself is what really led me to, you know, starting my own business. Nice. I, I bet a lot of the listeners and viewers out there can relate. It's. Um, you know, the truth is, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a job, just to be clear, guys. Uh, there's, you know, there's, and, and I can respect that. It's just, I think that there's a special strand of DNA with entrepreneurs yes. where where we know we have to do certain things, but to your point of the glass ceiling, we also know that there's this ceiling. And I think it's that strand of DNA that each of us has. It's a matter of, do we want to exercise and act on it? It's um, where we just take the leap and you took a leap, you moved to Austin. And I, I love the fact that you to- talked about core values, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, that is the fundamental, a foundational aspect of any, well, first of all, of any human, it's our core values that shape us, but especially as related to business and you, you uh, family. And it can't go without notice that your wife, Christy, she, um, she supported you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. She supported you guys and, and you, you can't do this alone. If, um, you know, my wife's in the other room right now and I got to say without her 
supporting these endeavors and the things we've done. Um, I, I honestly don't know that I would have had the courage maybe to take some of these leaps of faith because it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's really totally. scary. You mentioned photography and I, I got to point this out because we were talking about this before we went live is um, uh, you still have photography chops. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are looking to, to scoop up um, free photography, don't go to Google because if you grab somebody's trademark photography, um, you could get a bill one day from somebody's law firm saying you can't use our photos. But if you go to unsplash.com, um, it's just what it sounds like, unsplash.com. That is a free photography website. And if you're in the cannabis industry and you're looking to populate your blog or your website or whatever, you're gonna find this guy's photography on there. And um, that, so you haven't lost the eye because I've seen your photos from Hemp Daddies that are free to use and they're free guys. I've seen them on magazines. I've seen them on, in journals. I've seen them be, be used in national blog posts and there's, there's a huge marketing lesson there. And what Caleb has done is we have challenges in marketing the industry. You've taken a talent for photography. You've photographed your products. You make them free to use for the world. And as a result, you have had exposure across the country. Guys, there's a marketing lesson there. But some of the things I want to touch on before we move on is core values. Um, family. Fa and again, guys, your family doesn't have to be your blood. It could be the tribe you run with, like a Green Seed Nation or Green Seed Alliance. Um, the support of the loved ones around you, that's critical, guys, because it can be a very bumpy road. It can be very scary to start something and you, find, you suddenly find yourself responsible for having to feed your family. But more than that, guys, is do things that... Um, take that scary step. Uh, that's where the best, that's where the biggest growth happens. So Christy supports you. Oh yeah. Does she work she's with you been, in the business? Not directly. I mean, she's kind of like my um, board of directors, I guess you would call her. Gotcha. So she's like definitely a sounding board. It's like, we talk about things. Like she just like, when I'm just struggling with issues, she's always there to like listen and just provide advice. So we learned early on though, like there's kind of like certain boundaries. Cause I remember early on with Bearded Brothers, she would like say, well, you need to be doing this. And if I wouldn't do it, she said, she would get so upset. And she's like, well, why aren't you doing this? It's like, well, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And so eventually she just, she learned that like, you know, it's, it's, it's okay if I don't do it, she says. It's like, it's, it's just fleshing things out and talking about things so that, you know, so basically I can go and make the decision that I need to do. Cause like, it just helps to have that person to talk to about whatever you're struggling yeah, with. Totally agree. I, I totally agree. And, um, I, I can almost, I, I feel exactly what you're saying mm -hmm. because my wife is my biggest supporter and critic mm -hmm. and she's also my best sounding board. Yeah. You know, we've been in business together. Uh, we've been together 19 years, married, coming up to 18. And from actually we were dating was when we launched our first company. So we've been okay, doing yeah. this side by side. So um, guys, and even if you don't have a spouse, uh, there's, um, find that person, find mm -hmm. your sounding board, find your advisor, find the ment find the person, um, who is going to have your back and be on your, on your team. So, um, Hemp Daddies was born and, um, while your target audience is, let's just say that ultra or, or that runner, um, you do, your product does work. I mean, you do work yep. with, um, women and people oh, yeah. like me, yep. you know, media hosts and producers like mm -hmm. Chris behind the camera. So this isn't exclusive towards ultra runners. Yep. You've just Correct. identified your avatar, Correct. right? Yep. Yep. And so, and this is the thing I, I point this out. So one of the, the struggles that we had with Bearded Brothers, my business partner and I didn't see eye to eye on this. 
it's like, man, we need to go hard and heavy after the outdoor enthusiasts, which we, we did. That was kind of our avatar, but like we couldn't, we never agreed on it 100%. I think because of that, we lost out on a lot of customers. And so now with Bearded Brothers, it's like, I mean, sorry, with Hemp Daddies, like my avatar is the ultra runner. But when I look at my stats and my data and like analytics, like, so in the ultra running community, it's, it's majority male. There are female runners, but it's majority male. But my data is skewed female. So more of my customers are female. I would say it's hard to say for certain if more customers are using it for medicinal things like arthritis and back pain and epilepsy. We have all of that. And so we see customers across the spectrum. So just because you go after one avatar doesn't mean you're going to be missing out on all these other customers. You know, I like to think, you know, like with our energy bar company, it's like we targeted athletes, but you know, I was actually talking to the, the new owners recently and they did some market research recently and said majority of their customers are female. And so even though that's their primary avatar, you still hit all these other niches. It's like, but if you're speaking to nobody, if you're speaking, like you're not speaking to anybody, I'm going blank. Sorry. If you speak, whole, if, if you market to everybody, you market to nobody. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. If you market to everybody, you market to nobody. So in order to have good marketing, you got to be speaking to one particular audience. And that's what we've, and that's why we're speaking to ultra runners because that's my background. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, it's what I have inroads with. So it's like, that's why we're going hard and heavy after the ultra running community. Love it. Yeah. You, you literally understand the things they go through, mm -hmm. the literal pain that they go through, yes. what it takes to recover, mm -hmm. what it takes to basically live life. So, um, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to point some things out here, folks. And, and especially for those, those of you out there in the, um, we do know basis world, uh, some things that be considering and you must be consider. This isn't a suggestion. These are things. Think of what Caleb has said. He talked about core values. That's a foundational element to life and business. He talked about um, then his advisors. He had come from a business and so he had prior business partners and his wife, your board of advisors, guys. Then he talked about the avatar. And no, we're not just to, for clarity's sake, we don't mean the movie. We mean, <laughs> we mean the person whose pain you want to solve. So like for instance, I'm a registered nurse and I'm a business owner. Our avatar is the startup cannabis entrepreneur. Uh, Caleb's is uh, is the the ultra runner, but that doesn't exclude us from other groups. It just helps us really fine tune our message, so we speak the language, we understand the language. So, like literally, if you go back to some of these episodes, you'll hear that we are catering to the cannabis startup entrepreneur. We're not catering to technology companies. We're not catering to photography startups. We are catering to cannabis, and so, but it doesn't mean those people can't play in our world. It just means that we need to learn how to talk to that person. Hemp Daddies was born. Um, you are so. Are you in brick and mortar locations, or are you in e-commerce? Tell us not what yet. You're, okay. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. So we, so having come from the background of doing retail, it's like I told myself I'm never going there again. Said so don't want to deal with that. And so we are right now. We're strictly e-commerce. So, but we're just now attaining enough scale with our manufacturer, and they've attained scale with their process that. I'm getting better margins. And so now my gears are turning about the retail market now. And so as before, it didn't make sense at all because of the margins. And then I started saying, okay, if I can go sell 10 bottles to a store versus one bottle to a customer, it's like, that's way more revenue. And so like now, now like I'm actually in the process now of getting my labels reworked, getting UPC codes put on them because they didn't even have UPC codes on them at first. It's like, if I'm only selling in my store. I don't have to have those, but now, I'm opening up to, I'm going to start opening up to retail accounts, but I'm only going to be doing like direct to retailers. I'm not going to deal with 
distributors or anything like that. So yeah, we're about to start opening up to retailers. Nice. Yeah. And, and guys, I, I got to point that out. Some of the things that we're, what we're talking here, guys, is business. Mm-hmm. We're talking business 101. Again, to recap, core values, advisors, your avatar, um, something that Caleb mentioned, which you as well as a business owner, whatever stage you're in is st- statistics, data, analytics, be analyzing not just your business numbers, but uh, maybe your web hits and the type of customers, what they look like, where they shop. So don't let these things be lost on you. Yes, this is a very this is a very cool story. It really is. Um, you know, you're an athlete, you're a father, you're an entrepreneur, you're a Texan, you're a lot of things, you're a consumer, um, but you still manage your business in a very responsible way. So. Um, so if anybody's out there, and, and if you're a retailer out there and you're looking for maybe a product, and I'm, I'm going to give this push because this, this is a cool cat, is, um, uh, you know, maybe you cater to a CrossFitter or to, an, and I come from a CrossFit background, to an ultra runner, to uh, maybe a, a hit type of workout community. Um, this, this brand is, is designed, it, ca- it caters to that type of athlete. So um, we're going to talk about how to reach Caleb at, towards the end, but I just want to drop this right now. Uh, is, is, um, would you be okay if people like reached out to you? Like, oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Cause I'm just getting to the point where I'm opening up to retailers. So like, if you, if you're interested, feel free to reach out and it's like, I got a little, I got an inbox with a handful of emails of people that reached out to the past that I've told them I'm, Hey, I'm putting it on hold. And so about to go back through, start reaching out to those people. And cause like I said earlier, like I was not open to retail. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But like, as I'm growing the business, I'm starting to see it. It's like, man, this is, it's much easier to sell, you know, six bottles to like 15 stores versus, you know, one bottle to, you know, I can't do a math in my head, you know, to like 200 people to get right. the same, the same, same revenue. So it just makes sense numbers wise to start going after that. And I'm actually having a lot of people start asking me like, where can I buy it? So there's people already reaching out to me saying they want to be able to just walk into a store and buy it rather than wait for it to be shipped. So I know there's a demand for it. Yeah. And it's just, it seems to be just an ever-growing demand. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I, I got to say that I, I love that, yes, you're a CBD company, but you've really hyper-focused down on a very specific mm-hmm. niche um, and a very large niche, you know, the that ultra community. And um, and so, just so cool. I, I oh, just, yeah. I love, um, I'm picking up everything you're putting down and mm-hmm. I love that underneath the coolness of having a CBD or cannabis business is there's metrics, there's foundation, there's things that you hammer home every day and that's business. And so um, you're right. So I think what you were just saying is, is work harder not, or work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yes. And that's a, something to take home, guys. Work smarter, not harder. So do you ever foresee maybe you or Hemp Daddies opening your own retail location? You know, I've mulled over that quite a bit. Um, so it's one of those things I constantly think about, but I'm like, one of our core values is freedom. So part of that is like not being tied down. Um, so it's like, that's one of the things if we ever did open a brick and mortar, we're going to have to really think about that. Okay, what is this going to do for our family? And again, family is another core value. So how is this going to affect our family? How is this going to affect our freedom? So, I mean, currently I'm just more open. Like I said before, I was originally opposed to retail. Now I'm open to retail. And so I'm still kind of opposed to the storefront. But at the same time, it's like when I start thinking of things about, okay, what am I paying in rent? If I'm paying just a little bit more, maybe I could have a storefront and like there's automatic revenue there because walk-in traffic. So, I mean, again, never say never. You never know. Yeah. And by rent, you you do have an office now. Yes, we do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Before, like in Austin, we even had an office there. It It was sublease, but the new one I'm... I'm going to be moving to as my own office suite, so it's going to be nice. Interesting. So if if we if success leaves clues, 
it could be said that you may be by virtue of having you're going from strictly e-com to retail from retail to having an office maybe the <laughs> next, i mean it's i'm just saying it sounds like you know that may, it's there's a potential that you may be inadvertently inching towards your own kind of retail shop if you will presence but um yeah, I, I know that we just recently talked and you said you just got an office where you're moving to up in mm -hmm. Wimberley. So yep. uh, was that to segregate business and, and home life? Or? Yeah, essentially, yep, because we, we tried the whole working at home thing. Like, you know, granted at the time we were living in an RV. <laughs> so that's our family, that's kind of going back to our core value freedom. We lived in an RV, we traveled around a bit. And so, yeah, and so we, we tried it in there. It, it just got hard. I mean, it got to the point on my work days, I would have to go off to a coffee shop and so just you know spending money on coffee every day it's like it's really expensive so it made more sense for me to like you know work in this you know co-working community and like you know have an actual office and you know and also having to take over the distribution of my own product i mean that's another story but like you know i'm shipping my own product out so that kind of was impossible to do from an rv so that's another reason we had to kind of get an office as well nice I love it. And your, your aura, your spirit, um, your spirit pretty much embodies that word freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, just the way, um, and I've known you for a while, you, you show up as the same Caleb every time, just with that kind of free spirited. Uh, and I know that we're, you always talk about family. So uh, the core values, guys, those, those can't be overlooked. The core values are, they're the grounding force. They actually attract the right people to you and they repel the wrong ones based on mm -hmm. the core values. And those are things that, yes, you can, like to your point is you can change them because life changes oh, yeah. nothing wrong with that but once we once we you know put that nail on that core value it's like stick to it and because those are the things that can save us and also <laughs> can pull us into some deep pits yeah. that we don't want to go to as entrepreneurs <laughs> so where can people find you so the best place to find hemp daddy is just just hempdaddies.com it's h-e-m-p-d-a-d-d-y-s.com if you're confused on the spelling yeah so just like it sounds hemp daddies not hemp poppies. Not, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding for, for my Hispanic homies out there. <laughs> it's it's hempdaddies.com. Instagram is hemp underscore daddies. And th those are the main platforms we're on. We gotcha. really don't do much on Facebook. or yeah. and We do have a YouTube channel. So if you search us on YouTube, you'll find us on there as well. Nice. Are those links also on your website? Yes, they are. I think they're, I think they're the bottom Perfect. and the footer. So you'll find them on there. Nice. Hemp daddies. And you don't have to be an ultra runner, guys. You just, you just have to honestly my words, nobody else's, just give a damn about your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And just, um, I'm, I'm, again, I'm all about it. I'm a daily consumer of CBD. And uh, a lot of it isn't, today it's not because I batter my body through, you know, hard, intense workouts like I did through Ironman, but really because I'm, a, I'm in my 50s now. And my body responds differently. So CBD has become part of my, my daily regimen with, without fail every day. Yeah. So um, any parting words? Man. You put me on the spot with that one. <laughs> That's the Man. best way to do it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. So since we're speaking to the entrepreneurs out there, I would say it's like, if this is something you've been thinking about doing, like, I mean, just go for it. I mean, it's like, it's like Rick mentioned earlier, it's that there's fairly low barrier to entry for this industry. It's like, I mean, and you don't have to be selling a CBD product to get in this industry either. There's like many different ways you can be involved in the industry. And so you just got to take the leap, take a risk and go for it. Yeah. Love it. I, I love it, guys. And, and uh, well, to what Caleb said, it can be scary, but that's where mm -hmm. I think the phrase is, you know, that's where the biggest growth comes outside of our comfort zones. Yeah. And that's in and really and truly that's how I think him daddies just took off. It's because like I got my feet out of I had my feet in two sandboxes. It was like a traditional job, him daddies. 
And it just took making that swing over to putting, being all dedicated to the business for it to really take off and thrive. Yeah, interesting. As you said that, the, I got an, a literal analogy, a, a visual of you stepping in two sandboxes and then of course the phrase, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mom, I just said that. So, hey guys, this has been um, episode number, I don't know what episode we're on, but we're, we're pumping out a lot of great content for you guys, the Cannabis Startup Entrepreneur. Um, this has been awesome chatting with Caleb, and uh, he, he drove down from Austin today to do this interview live, so just that is testament. That is testament, guys. It's those, it's those things, those, those may seem like small things which, which will separate you, separate you from the pack. When you take that extra step, go the extra mile, say the extra statement, do the extra thing, and that's, that's the essence of, in my opinion, what creates the successful entrepreneurs. That's what separates the average from the uber successful. It's just doing those extra little things. And to what Caleb said is, is don't be scared. I mean, it, it is scary, don't get me wrong, but, but overcome the fear and take the step. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, remember, if you're, if you're listening to this, then uh, when you pull over somewhere or at your office on your lunch break or whatever it is you do, write down your questions, drop them in the, in the box below, hit us up on weedtoknowbasis.com. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube or WeedTube or any other of our other um, video channels, you can drop your comments below. We're happy to, uh, to answer them. Again, we're here for you guys, the cannabis startup entrepreneur, whether you're in the idea stage, you're in pre-launch, you're in launch, or you're scaling, or you've hit a plateau. That's what this show is designed to do. And, I, and if you're listening, if you're watching, it's because you too are on a weed to no basis. Have an awesome day, guys. Peace. Peace.